Brigham, the Cave Dog by H. C. Hovey Coffee Break Collection 29 Dogs This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Recording by April 6090 California, United States of America Brigham, the Cave Dog Many a dog will bravely go through tangled forests, swollen streams, and mountain ravines. But when it comes to following his master down into a dark and silent cave, that is another matter. Never until recently have I known one that did, not plainly, regard it as a very solemn performance. Jack, the old house-hound, the volunteer escort of visitors to Mammoth Cave, is no exception to this rule. He watches the Negro guides trim the lamps and bunch them on canes ready for distribution. When the bell rings, he leads the company among the tall trees to the mouth of the cavern. On he goes, under the bright cascade, and beneath the black ledges, as far as the iron gate. He peers a moment between the bars, as if overcome by his awe of the unknown then when the gate is unlocked and all have gone in his duty is done and he trots home again absolutely refusing to go beyond the last glimpse of daylight underground researches was very amusing but jack has a companion in his old age a common yellow cur the hero of this true story william a wag as well as a first-rate guide explained to me the odd name given to the new dog we call him brigham cause he's young you know this creature is remarkable for one thing and that is his fondness for life below ground he seems at home among the elves and gnomes and appears to have no fear of darkness the two dogs trot side by side as far as the iron gate but there they part jack as usual returns to the hotel but Brigham advances, pushing ahead of the guides, choosing his own path, digressing now and then, yet always returning in safety to the light of the lamps. Brigham and I became fast friends during my fortnight's stay at Mammoth Cave last summer. The gentle dignity with which he sought to aid my underground researches was very amusing. How sedately he examined each of the huge salt-pepper vats, three in the rotunda and eight in the amphitheater. It really seemed but an act of common politeness to explain to him that these were historical relics, and that the salt-pepper made here was carried by oxen and pack-mules to Philadelphia, to be used in making gunpowder, during the war with Great Britain in 1812. Each striking object, the grotesque stalactites, the uncouth rocks, the mysterious star-chamber, which commanded the dog's attention as well as our own. Usually a silent observer, he howled piteously, while the guide told the melancholy story of the consumptive's cottage. This is a stone building, nearly a mile within the cave, and is one of fifteen huts in which several invalids, tempted by the great purity of the cave atmosphere and the uniformity of temperature, just fifty-four degrees Fahrenheit at all seasons, sought to regain their health alas in vain they every one died 
like the shrubs they planted about their abodes i suppose brigham did not understand all this but probably he was affected by the deserted and desolate appearance of the place or by the lugubrious tones of the guide brigham was a great favorite with the manager of the cave who particularly warned us not to lose him for it was feared the dog would be unable to find his way out again other curs that had been left behind invariably stayed in the place where they had become lost not daring to stir but yelping and howling till help came the dreaded accident happened at last we went one day on what is called the long route to the end of the cave said to be nine miles from the entrance and brigham went with us we left the main cave at the giant's coffin by an arched way leading among some pits the most famous of which has long been known as the bottomless pit my guide however measured it and found that it was exactly one hundred and five feet deep there are six pits in all at this place two of them lately discovered we named them scylla and charbidis because in trying to keep out of one you are in danger of falling into the other these we measured finding them to be more than two hundred feet deep brigham did not like the pits very well it was only by much coaxing that we led him across the narrow bridge thrown over the bottomless pit but indeed we all were glad to get away from that dangerous place our path next led us down still farther among great rocks into such a crooked labyrinth that i think it will puzzle some of my readers to trace it on the map although this is correctly drawn we went through the fat man's misery and entered river hall where there are several deep lakes presently we came to echo river about thirty feet deep from twenty to two hundred feet and three-fourths of a mile long getting into a small boat we paddled our way over the clear cold water waking the echoes from the steep rocky walls brigham helping with some lively barking presently we landed on a nice sandy beach at the farther end thence we went on by widening avenues not marked on the map to the terminus of the long route and then we started back again poor brigham became very tired and cared less for the lovely arches of flower-like crystals than for some cosy nook where he might curl down for a nap at length after taking lunch with us in washington hall he started in chase of a cave rat and probably availed himself of the chance to take his siesta at all events he disappeared and made no answer to our calls perhaps he has gone ahead to echo river said i and is waiting for us there like enough said william the guide i had not thought of that but no bounding form or joyful bark welcomed our approach the echoes answered our calls until it seemed as if a thousand voices were crying brigham brigham in every conceivable tone from the softest whisper to the deepest bass and our whistling was in like manner repeated until it seemed as if all the spirits in the cave had been let loose for an oelian concert plainly the dog was lost william thought brigham might track us as far as the river but that on reaching the water he surely would lose the scent and would not try to swim across lighting a freshly filled lamp william set it on a ledge so that in case the dog should come thus far he might not feel too lonely sadly we returned to the hotel where our announcement of the loss caused a sensation the ladies especially declaring it 
perfectly dreadful to leave the poor thing alone in that horrible cave all night as if it were darker there at midnight than at noon early the next morning a party of explorers crossed echo river and were met by brigham the guide reasoned with him as one might reason with a runaway child and tenderly took him in his arms aboard the boat alas the warnings were wasted for almost as soon as we had landed that capricious cave dog disappeared again and as before refused to obey our loudest summons compassion was now mixed with indignation and we left him to his fate nothing was seen of him all that day and this time of deliberate choice he remained a second night underground and now comes perhaps the strangest part of my story on the following morning jack too was missing the guides had to dispense with their customary canine escort on arriving however at the iron gate three hundred yards within the cave they found jack just outside and brigham behind the bars and there the dogs stood wagging their tails and apparently exchanging the news our curiosity led us to examine brigham's tracks to see by what route he had found his way back beginning at the echo river we had no difficulty in seeing that he had step by step followed our trail his only guide of course being the sense of smell here his tracks were deeply printed in soft mud and there more sharply defined on the mellow banks of nitrous earth less distinctly along ridges of sand or over heaps of stone or up steep stairways thus brigham had followed us through darkness deeper than that of midnight along the narrow beach of lake leth across the treacherous natural bridge spanning the river styx up to the galleries overhanging the dead sea through the wild confusion of bandits hall and by many a spot where one misstep would have sent the poor lonely creature plunging downward in darkness to inevitable death it will be remembered that we had gone in past the giant's coffin by the arched way among the deep pits and through the mazes leading to river hall but we had come out by a newly discovered mode of exit through an intricate set of fissures known on account of its winding nature as the corkscrew we preferred this because it saved a mile and a half of travel our four-footed friend pursuing the freshest scent went of course up the corkscrew the opening is too irregular to be called a pit or shaft yet it winds upward for a distance vertically of about one hundred and fifty feet but fully five hundred feet as one climbs creeping through crevices twisting through auger holes and scaling precipitous rocks scattered in the wildest confusion imaginable three ladders have to be mounted in threading this passage one emerges at last on the edge of a cliff overlooking the main cave and down which he clambers to the level floor where the road runs smoothly along to the iron gate a quarter of a mile distant only think of it through all this intricate and hazardous pass where without a guide we should have found it difficult to make our way even with lamps and a map of the cave that yellow dog had safely gone alone he offered no explanation of his proceedings nor told us what motive prompted his independent explorations but that was his affair not ours we honored him as a hero and obtained for him from the manager mr francis Clayt, the freedom of the cave for the rest of his life 
the fact should be mentioned by contrast with this perfect and fearless operation of instinct that expert cave hunters find themselves nearly helpless if left alone far within the cave and destitute of a light the rule for any one so unfortunately situated is for him to stay where he is as contentedly as he can until assistance comes which is sure to be within a few hours several tales are told of persons whose reason has been lost under such circumstances and although i know of no instance in which life itself has been sacrificed it can readily be seen that it might be imperiled the stories one occasionally reads of novices finding their way out unaided by lights are to be discredited an exploit of that nature would tax the resources of the most expert guide the cases are extremely rare in which it has been done even by the guides themselves one of the most thrilling stories i ever heard was told to me by old matt a colored man who has served as a guide for more than forty years and who is supposed to know every nook and corner of the explored parts of mammoth cave there had been a marriage in the gothic chapel a grand rocky chamber far within the cave a maiden who had promised her mother never to marry any man on the face of the earth had kept the letter of her pledge and yet in this underground spot had wedded the man of her choice after the wedding there was wine and then some of the young men took a ramble through the cave old matt was at work in the vicinity of the great pits when he heard them coming with song and with shout those were ku klux klan's times and the ex-slave thought that discretion was the better part of valor and accordingly he hid in a crevice put his lamp out and quietly waited for the revellers to pass by on coming forth from his hiding-place he found that he had no matches and therefore could not relight his lamp the hour was late and the next day was sunday he feared lest a long time might elapse before help should come and therefore determined to make his way out in the dark feeling cautiously along with his staff he went safely until it suddenly dropped into a pit of unknown depth brave as matt is known to be he fell in a swoon and lay no one knows how long on the very edge of that horrible chasm on coming to he collected his wits as well as he could and felt with his hands for the path he presently found it and proceeded on his perilous journey making his way finally to the surface old matt told me this story himself as he and brigham and i sat side by side on the brink of the abyss where the faithful guide so narrowly escaped finding a tomb and as i listened i was glad that the lamps were burning brightly End of Brigham the Cave Dog.